Hey, I'm Ruben from Dub. Welcome to Connection Loop, our actionable podcast about building businesses with daily human connections. Connection Loop features long form interviews with fascinating people in sales, marketing, and beyond. Enjoy today's episode and learn more about Dub at dub.com. Hey guys, it's Ruben on Connection Loop. This is Dub's podcast. And I'm really excited because we're actually going to speak to someone that is not in our kind of typical use case of, you know, business, formal, suit and tie. Um, <laughs> Charlene is actually in the fitness industry. And I kind of randomly learned about Charlene through some sort of a data report that we were looking at. And the word fitness popped up. And I did a little bit of searching. And then I found Charlene. And I was pretty impressed with her presence and her vibe. And I was kind of intrigued to know how Charlene's using Dub but also about her origin story and her whole gig. So Charlene, I'd love to introduce you. Love to hear about your story. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Yeah. So a little bit about me. I'm Charlene DePaula. I'm a zero generation immigrant, but really my origin story in terms of my business. So my business is Hip Shake Fitness. It's an online dance workout studio, mostly for women. We have fun, flirty, feminine workout. And that came about because of a health issue, or that actually started because I ran into a health issue. So about six years ago, my husband and I were trying to have kids and then we were having trouble. And what it was, was um, I got diagnosed with something called hormonal imbalance called PCOS, which means um, that my testosterone is really high. I'm highly, highly basically pre-diabetic and also that it would be harder for us to have kids. And so before that, I thought I was like, I think I'm healthy, you know, and I think I'm living okay. But it was from that diagnosis that I realized how important it is to have a consistent fitness or workout schedule or active schedule. And also at the same time, how much nutrition plays a part in fitness. So one of the things that I love for me is in order to really get a consistent schedule, I need to do something I love. And dance is something that I studied ballet when I was young. And every time I do dance, and dance workouts. I love it. And it, the time just passes by. And so I was looking for a place where I could do it consistently. But you know, we live in LA and you think, oh my God, there's dance studios everywhere. But really it's, it's not that easy. You'd have to drive 30 minutes. It might not work with your time. And another thing, when you're going to a dance studio, sometimes you don't know the steps and you're kind of the person behind trying to learn the steps. So I sort of came up with the idea of like, well, why can't you do this, this whole thing at home? So that's how it started. Three years ago, I decided, hey, you know, I'm going to see if people are interested in doing in having like a dance studio that it feels like a studio, it feels like a community and but it's all done at home. And that's how Hip Shake Fitness started. That's cool. That's that's a great story. Explain to me what the format is for the business. I want to understand this. Absolutely. So what it is, is members sign up. We have a monthly fee that's $18 and there's all these different plans, of course, but that's kind of the basic plan. And with that fee, you get access to about 200 plus different dance workouts, 14 different class types. Some of our most popular classes are tone and torque. So it's like 15 minutes booty workout, 15 minutes twerk dance. And we also have blissful bar, burlesque burn, 
it's just all, everything is rooted in dance. Everything has dance incorporated in it, but also has strength. So aside from that though, aside from just accessing the workouts, we actually also have programs. So every week there's sort of a workout schedule for the week. There's a workout for the day. And then if you want a specific thing, like if you have a specific concern, like maybe you want to work on your core, then we have programs for that. And lastly, we also have group challenges, which we're actually doing one right now called Total Body Love. What it is, is that specific challenge is four weeks where we have workouts, we have recipes, and we all do it together. And we also have some exercises of how you can develop your love for your body. So that's wow. all encompassed in the, or that's all included in the monthly membership. So this is completely web-based. So when people consume the videos, they actually watch them through a website. Is that how it works? Absolutely. Yes. It's all web-based. It's responsive. So they can watch it on their, well, actually a lot of people watch on their phones or maybe stream it on their Apple TVs or what have you. But yes, they can, they do everything online. They access all the schedules online and all the challenges and, and yeah. That's great. And how did you set this up? I mean, who does the technology? How did you set up the stack? How are the videos hosted? I'd love to learn about that. For sure. Yeah. So we have two video providers. Most of the videos, the paid videos are in Wistia. Okay. And then the non-paid videos, we are actually big in YouTube. We just hit 100,000 subscribers in YouTube. So those are kind of our two video platforms. YouTube is where we put because if you want to do actual choreographies to popular songs, we're not going <laughs> to put that in Wistia because we don't have sync licenses. So we just put it on YouTube. Oh, I get it. And then who are the performers? Who are the dancers? Who are the instructors? I've been going around, around LA. There's tons of amazing dance instructors in Los Angeles. And so I literally go around. I listen to friends' advices. And I try to work with the instructors. And what I look for is instructors who are very positive, very body positive, very welcoming in their class, and also very engaging. And most, oh, and they're mostly women too. Got it. And then are you an instructor as well? Right now, I'm not personally an instructor. I'm actually like, kind of like your friend. You come in and you learn about my story and my story is definitely intertwined into hip shake fitness, but I'm working out with you versus instructing you. Oh, that's great. So you're sort of like a coach. Yeah, I guess you could say that. Yeah. Oh, I see. I'm maybe a consultant where you kind of understand what my needs are and then you sort of guide me down a path. Yeah, I definitely, definitely coach. And that's actually how I kind of work dub into the system is every time someone joins, because really one of the biggest things about this is we're a community. So it's not just watching the videos. I don't want you to feel like as a user, you're on your own. We are here, but we're all in this together and we're all doing this together. So every time somebody joins and subscribes, we send them a custom video with their name and I literally address them specifically and we welcome them. And then I give them some links to try, some workouts to try, just some intro stuff, but that's really the core of what we use Dub for is to welcome them and to make them feel like this is not just an online portal, it's a community you're joining. 
That's really great. That's a very interesting use case. So basically, it's a monthly subscription service for fitness, for videos. There's some sort of a paywall. I'm sure you use some sort of a, a provider for your recurring payments. And then on the back end, from a marketing perspective, to onboard folks and to welcome them, you actually send them a personalized one-to-one video. That, that's incredible. So how has that been for you? What kind of response have you received from doing that? It's been amazing. Kind of was brainstorming with some uh, entrepreneurs about ideas for retention. So this year, our biggest challenge or the biggest thing we wanted to focus on was increasing member retention. Because I feel like if you already have the members, it costs you almost nothing, but gives you so much benefit if they already signed up and they stay versus trying to get new members. At least that's how I feel. So we started this campaign, I think, sort of end of December but then really fired it up in the last few months. And we've seen our retention rate increase by about 10%, 10 to 15% by sending them a custom video. And why would you say that is? Is it the human factor? Is it the motivational factor? Is the personalized touch? Is it a combination of many of these things? What do you think this form of video communication is doing for your retention? And why is it working in that capacity? I think I was just talking to a user yesterday. And so what I do is I, I give you an intro video, but also at the same time I say, hey, I'd love to talk to you. Would you book time with me? So then I'll send him a link. So some of the users will book time with me. And one thing that a user told me yesterday, which was really interesting was, you know, Charlene, I would never have gone on a call with you or I would never have stayed if you didn't send me that video with my name on it. It literally made me look back and say, what? Like, it's almost like, is this real? She actually has my name and she's actually addressing me. So I think that's definitely one, the personalization. I think there's a lot of fitness sites out there. We, I definitely know we have a lot of competition, but being feeling like you're part of the community and feeling like you're really welcome into the community and we want you, you're not just one number. I think that really makes a huge difference. I mean, I, I completely connect to that. I don't think a lot of companies do that. I think that you guys are definitely doing something cutting edge, you know, adding that level of personalization. It probably doesn't take you that much time. I mean, I bet you quickly record something within 30, 60 seconds, and that has so much impact because the person can, they can watch it, they can share it, they can share it with friends or spouses or family. That's very, very compelling. Yeah, I mean, I think so too. It's, it's helped and the numbers show it, so I can't argue yeah. with numbers. Have you tried any types of automation? Have you, uh, do you have any kind of evergreen videos that are a little bit more general or generic and kind of trigger any types of automation for that or just basically send the same video or do you really find the most success within the personalized videos? I haven't, you know, I know you guys launched automation for videos a few months ago, but I haven't started playing around with it, but it's definitely something that I would want to work on. So that's kind of our main use case. But there are some other use cases we do, like, for example, we have an instructor just telling you, hey, here's how you do squats correctly, or here's how you make sure you have the right form or something like that. So there's kind of all these smaller team messages we send that potentially, like, let's say someone signing up for a booty boot camp, which is one of our programs, maybe we send them information on squats, something like that, but I haven't played around with it. Okay, cool. Well, we're here to support if you want to go in that avenue. So 
But that's exciting. I'm so glad to hear about that. But I think that's enough about Dub. I want to learn more about you. And, um, you know, that was a really compelling origin story. You know, I, it's, it's amazing the stories that people share about how they got where they are now. And, you know, a lot of that comes from trials, tribulations, and forks in the road and realizations that we have that life is not linear and that there are a lot of challenges and it's about overcoming them. It's about remaining positive and doing the right things for us and our health and you know, I applaud you for, you know, making the investments of time and I'm sure money into yourself to, you know, to give yourself a healthier life. So kudos to you on that. It's it's worth it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So I was looking at some of these names here for the dances. They're, they're kind of unique. So you've got like a twerk style dance and a burlesque yep. and total body love. Explain that creative process. You know, one of the things that we do here at Dub is that we spend a lot of time thinking about names. So we have a name for our newsletter and a name for our YouTube show and a name for the various campaigns. And that's a whole fun process that we do. And that creativity uh makes it so unique. So I'd love to learn about your names. Yeah, absolutely. When we started, we kind of were like, okay, um, I sort of did a keyword research on like, what are the popular workouts? What are the popular dances? And then sort of help myself find instructors that could teach those dances. But one thing that struck me as I was looking at videos that we launched and we would just kind of launch videos on kind of on a schedule is that it was always the videos that are more sexy, more risque that we get the most views from. So, but I think that points to the fact that like, first of all, one of the things we have as an advantage versus going to a studio is you're at home and no one's watching. And like, that's kind of the main thing, right? Dance like no one's watching because no one is watching. You're just doing it at home. And so I think a lot of women, at least me specifically, I feel like I am empowered and I feel really feminine and I feel like I'm really going into my own femininity when I'm doing workouts that make me feel sexy. And so that's kind of become more of where we're trying to put our focus on. So it's like flirty hip hop, tone and twerk. Um, So I guess for me, I kind of do a little bit of alliteration. I love alliterations. So that's kind of how I come up with a name. It's a combination of searching on Google, what people are searching for, but at the same time, talking to the instructor and then how do we make it sound fun? Got it. So what are some of the names that you ended up rejecting? What are some names that you said, hey, this is not going to work. It's maybe too risque or not risque enough, or maybe someone else was using it. Anything that comes to mind? Well, like... I'm still back and forth if we should do like dirty, you know, <laughs> it's like, oh, I see. Eh, it might be a little much or nasty. I mean, I kind of think the nasty woman, I definitely am super supportive of that, like, you know, feminine power, but mm, those words are kind of a little iffy. <laughs> well, I mean, there's I nasty gal. Nasty gal is a right? huge company and they, they right. really, I think, coined that, not coined it, but they made that, they popularized that term maybe. So I, I think the sky's the limit in terms of the, you know, creativity. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But it's interesting, though, because actually, as you bring that up, one of the things that in our videos as well, we pride ourselves in is showing diverse body types. And I think that's really very uncommon, especially for fitness companies. Most companies really focus on tall, skinny, mostly blonde models. And so I think showing the diversity and showing people who maybe are not as good yet because they're learning and you're learning with them. And so I think that really makes us feel more real. And even if we get slack, like if you look at our YouTube, there's people who are like, oh my God, she can't dance or whatever. 
but it doesn't to us it doesn't matter because everyone's learning well i think that's a, a great theme and something that i've definitely noticed you know body positive imaging messaging kind of branding overall sort of integration of that into the voice i think that's what's really shaking up this industry i think it's shaking up the fitness industry I think it's shaking up the fashion industry. You know, if you go to the mall and if you look at some of those more traditional companies, Victoria's Secrets or The Gap or, you know, Athletica, a lot of these companies I think are realizing that, you know, people look different. They have different body styles. And, you know, sometimes plus size is the right route for a brand. And, you know, having that diversity or having those options, I think, is really what's resonating with consumers because to your point, it really makes us feel comfortable. This is who we are. I don't need to look this way because, you know, models look this way in on billboards or in magazines. I can look this way and here's a brand that connects to me. So I think that you guys are definitely ahead of the game in terms of, you know, really being positive with different body formats. So I, I commend you on that. Thank you. What is your YouTube link? Where can people find you? Sure. Uh, it's youtube.com slash C slash hip shake fitness. Um, hip shake fitness. Okay, yep. cool. And then how long have you guys been doing this YouTube channel? Uh, same time, about three years. So talk to us about your growth. I mean, you guys have a hundred thousand subscribers now. Yeah. Exciting. Congratulations. Crazy. How has that growth process been for you? What has that process been like for you? You know, I have to be really honest. I thought when I launched this company, it would be like, oh my God, everyone's going to love it. And we're going to have all the signups right away. And that didn't happen. What it really was is it's every single day trying to figure out what's working, what's not working. Yeah. And then if it's working, how can we make more of what's working? And so for our site specifically, for subscribers specifically, what has been the biggest area of growth has been search engine optimization and just getting the right keywords, writing content that appeals to both people, but also search engines and just getting people that way. Same thing with YouTube. It's first figuring out what, what drives views, but at the same time, what are the right keywords that we need for those views and how can we then engage users from those yeah. views? And so how has that process been for you? I mean, is there any kind of tips and tricks that you can provide to people on how to really understand the search engine optimization to figure out what videos are working? I'm on your page right now. And it's incredible. I mean, some of your videos have millions of views. I mean, yes. some of the dance videos, how to twerk for beginners. I mean, that's incredible. You guys have done a tremendous job. How to twerk for a beginner step by step, 2.4 million views. Yes, Bravo. we're taking over the twerk space, basically. That's incredible. <laughs> and burlesque and, and hopefully hip hop. Um, but basically, uh, yeah, one is, I think for YouTube, one is just being consistent that let's say I'm going to post a video every week and it's always going to be a video every week. People will expect that you have a video every week. So that's one. But then the other thing is really learning and figuring out from the videos you posted, what gets views, what gets engagement, and then kind of how can we make more of that? So that one video you saw, I think it's called How to Twerk. Um, we, that was one of our first few videos during our first year that just exploded. And it's because that happened, we realized that, okay, we need to do more of that, but kind of how can we kind of diversify? What are the other keywords we can hit? How can we show this similar content another way? But at the same time, keywords are super important. I think a lot of people 
spend a lot of time thinking about what's my brand, what does it sound like, which is good, I think, to do. But at the same time, if people aren't searching for it, if it's not a keyword that people you know, use, it's hard to expect to get views. Got it. So that makes sense. So you're in sort of a, a very kind of data driven, you know, put content out there, understand where the demand is, where you're getting viewability, and then go back, create more content around that topic, maybe create a playlist and then just continue to kind of own the keyword. That's I think that's a great model. I think it's a really data driven model. And I think that's a great way to even grow a business because I think you can gauge where customer demand is and what people are looking for. And I think you've found a great niche. Yeah. And, and I mean, my background was digital marketing and I was doing data and growth before for the publishers and for different websites. And I think that's why my data background comes in and now I'm just using it on my business. But yeah, I think definitely it's almost like, or at least the way I see it, I'm learning, I'm making mistakes, but I have to learn from that and then make things better. Cool. And then any kind of best practices here? I mean, I'm just looking at your YouTube video. I think you did a really good job of putting a couple of um, hashtags. I think you've got a super solid title. I'm just looking at the how to twerk for beginners. Nice description. And then I noticed a bit.ly link here for your subscription. So is does each video have its own trackable link to gauge yes, the number of? Okay, cool. Absolutely. Good catch. Yeah, totally. Every single video has its own unique link. I use a tracking called UTM tracking. I know it's a very sure. old school tracking that you basically can see. So I can basically go to Google Analytics, see all the traffic coming from YouTube and actually know what video it came from. And then I can actually see if people converted, what video did the order come from? Yeah, that's really smart. That, I think that's really smart. And then I also noticed that you have a Amazon tracking link here with the DVD. So you've got another revenue stream here for merch. That one came about because people kept requesting it. And I was like, I have an online site. Why are you asking me for DVDs? And people were just like, can you just make DVDs? And so we did and people are buying it. I'm like, okay, well, I should listen to my users more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there's nothing like recurring revenue, but no, that's an amazing revenue stream. And I think it's also just great advertising and it's a great asset that you can kind of get people into where they don't have to commit to something on a subscription basis, but then as they fall in love with you guys and the brand and the instruction, then they can jump on over to the subscription side. Yeah. Yeah. So far, very so cool. Good. I, yeah. I also really like the human element here where you, you know, you give a little shout out to your instructors, Nicole, Jill, Cha, you know, you've got links directly to their Instagram pages. So I think they must love that. You can promote them. And then of course, when people link onto those, they can see more dance, more of their styles, and then just make more of a connection to you guys as a brand. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think as more things, especially with fitness, but also I think this applies to other businesses, as more things drive online, more people want to connect on a human level. So I do see that where it's like, okay, we're online, but really connecting to people as people is important. And then I'm noticing also that you guys are really engaged with the comments. I'm noticing that you sounds like you're responding to most all of your comments here. Yes, we do respond to most of our comments. We, we definitely do. 
we have good comments and bad comments and we take them all. But yeah, I think to us engagement, sometimes we'll even build that into the video. We'll say, hey, if you like this video, write a comment or something like we have a question maybe from a video and we ask them to put it in the comments. And I think I think it's just helpful. Got it. And then how much have you noticed that comments gives lift to your sort of searchability SEO on videos? I mean, I definitely think it helps a lot. I think that both likes and comments are just helpful in terms of like, I'm going to guess the algorithm for YouTube is like relevant keywords, plus how many views, plus likes, plus how many comments. And that's kind of how they, they rank them. And obviously that's all ad hoc, but it's always been the case for us. And then what was the growth in terms of your subscribers? What did it look like after year one, then year two, then year three? What was that? I don't know if you recall this. I'm always curious to know what the growth trajectory is. In terms of subscribers for YouTube? Yes. So in the beginning, it was kind of, it was really flat. And then I would say like a few months, pretty flat. And then we got this one video that hit. And then when that, that was the how to twerk video that hit. And then once that started to hit, then we, the subscribers really started to pick up. And then we started putting out more videos that were similar to that. And then the subscribers just started to really kept picking up. And so now I usually look at subscribers in terms of a weekly, like how many subscribers to gain a week. I think we're at a thousand subscribers a week that we gain. But yeah, when we started, it was like very dismal. Well, my understanding is that as you get more subscribers, there's a kind of a network effect because one turns into two and then two turns into four. So, you know, your path to half a million, million subscribers, I mean, that's, that's in the horizon. That's a very realistic thing for you guys as you continue to do, I guess, weekly videos. Yeah, I definitely think it's, I mean, you can just compute a thousand a week, so we'll get there definitely soon. But I, I have seen a little bit of a lift as soon as we hit the hundred thousand, there's been kind of a little uptick, but yeah, overall it's been, you know, it was since that first how to twerk video launched. And then as we get more videos that people start to watch, that's kind of how we gain subscribers. And then have you guys ever considered increasing the frequency or the cadence of the videos that you're publishing going on a daily basis or bi-weekly basis? I have, but it's very hard to produce. So I'd love to do that. But at this point, it's just too hard for where we are right now as a business to produce that many videos for us. But we engage our, if it's our own subscribers, not our YouTube subscribers, but our own dance studio subscribers, we engage them by email and by other ways. But yeah, it's more of creating the videos. <laughs> That's a always lot of work. Process, yeah. <laughs> and then I guess another question that I have for you is when you look at your attribution charts for what is driving the most subscribers for your business, what does that breakdown look like? Is YouTube your primary channel? Are you guys spending money on advertising, word of mouth? Do you have that level of data attribution for your subscribers or your signups? What does that look like? Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to share. 50% of our users come from Google search. And then the next two highest are YouTube and email. Oh, okay, great. So, and then when you say Google search, that's organic. So it sounds like you're putting absolutely. original content out. Is that blogs or is that your homepage? What does that look like? 
Absolutely. So we def we have two blogs a week as well. And depending on what keywords we're trying to hit, we launch the different types of blogs. But at the same time, we use that to drive traffic to our homepage. And how has that process been for you in terms of writing, creating original content in the blog format, you know, but then also being very keyword, very SEO driven. It's very impressive. I think more companies need to do that. I think a lot of companies get stuck into this mindset that they have to spend money on advertising because it gives them an immediate lift, potentially. That's at least the, the idea or the expectation. But the reality is that methods like what you're doing with creating original content, videos, blog, that's the long, you know, content for longevity. That's really putting stuff out there and creating gifts that keep giving you guys as a business. So speak to that a little bit. What is that process like for you in terms of running your blog? Yeah, absolutely. It, it's almost to me, it was, we had no choice because I actually did try like just paying for ads in the beginning. And in my mind, because our conversion rate for what we pay for, I mean, cost per click right now in AdWords, you would be lucky to get like a dollar, $2. And so to me, just in my mind, if I do the math, whatever our conversion, if, even if our conversion rate is 5%, it just wouldn't work. And I did try it and it, the return on investment just really wasn't there. And so I was like, we got to do SEO. There is no other way. And so that's kind of just when we started pushing content out. And where can folks find a link to your blog? Yeah. So it's at hipshakefitness.com slash dance. Okay, cool. And then that's your blog. And then do you guys use WordPress or what are you guys using on the back end? Always curious to ask. Yeah, just WordPress. Okay, very cool. Very impressed with Yoast. Okay, got it. Yoast is great. We use Yoast as well. Big fans. Um, your blog looks great. I really like it. I think you've got some great topics. I think I love the original photos that you guys have um, in the various dance studios with the dancers, nice backdrops, nice outfits, and some cauliflower rice. So it sounds like you're <laughs> a cauliflower rice queen here. Give us some tips. I noticed that you did have a video that popped on YouTube for cauliflower rice. So yes. talk to me about that. It's <laughs> And I'll start with this. I go to a pizza place and um, which one was it? I'm trying to remember. So I said, hey, you know, hey, let me let me sort of get the dietary breakdown of what your cauliflower pizza looks like. I'm just kind of curious. Carbohydrates, protein, fat, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So as I looked at it, I realized on a A to B comparison that cauliflower dough on pizza is not any healthier than regular dough. It's got as much carbs, if not more. It's got more saturated fats. It's got a lot more sodium, okay? And then it's got, you know, whatever else. And then it doesn't have a lot of the nutrients that you might expect in a vegetable. So it doesn't have the iron or it doesn't have the, even the fiber. So I was a little bit taken back by that, a little bit heartbroken because I thought that oh. cauliflower dough was a sort of a thing. But talk to me about cauliflower rice. Absolutely. So I, I'm, I mean, I'm Asian. I grew up in the Philippines and rice is a staple in every diet. In terms of getting healthy and getting fit, one thing I always say is you can't outwork out a good nutrition. To me, nutrition is like one of the biggest things and keeping active. And so that's kind of where it starts. And so I actually learned cooking back in the Philippines, but now I love using it to help make meals more healthy. And so because I have PCOS and I'm pre-diabetic, so it's really about keeping lower in terms of my carbs 
in terms of my sugar. So that's kind of the background in that and how the nutrition part of Hip Shake Fitness started. And so cauliflower rice to me is just like a really easy way to still feel like you kind of have that rice taste, but at the same time, not get as much carbs, not get the glycemic load, not get that sugar rush. And so I love it. Actually, the video I have is actually four different kinds of cauliflower rice that are super easy. And I don't add any like grains on it or anything like that. Because I think like a lot of the pizza recipes, they still have flour. It's like, okay, but <laughs> you have like a little cauliflower in there. But there's, it's still really mostly flour. But, you know, it takes like five to ten minutes to make rice and mix it up in different ways that will just make your meals better. Okay, so can you give us a little bit of a recipe on how you make sure. cauliflower rice and some best practices here? Absolutely. So one of my favorites, super easy, is just cauliflower rice and garlic. And if you want, if you want to spice it up, you might want to add jalapenos. And the hack that I use to do it is I will just microwave the cauliflower. You can buy cauliflower rice in the store, right, in the plastic, and you can just microwave that. Then you fry some garlic, fry some jalapenos, put the cauliflower on it, put salt and pepper, and that's it. The non-hacky way is to actually cook it all in the stove, which takes more like five to 10 minutes. So that's like super simple, but one of my favorites is a cauliflower breakfast bowl. So I basically will put cauliflower with eggs and bacon, maybe a little bit of green onion. And that's literally my breakfast. It's like fried rice. Yum. That sounds really good. Yeah. And it's all in that video. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, that's searchable. So once you go to that, let's get a, a name drop of your YouTube channel again. Absolutely. It's a uh, hip shake fitness. Okay, cool. And check out cauliflower rice and check out how to twerk. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes, Very cool. of course. And then as we produce this podcast video, is it okay if we grab some of the videos from your YouTube channel and include those B-roll shots? Absolutely. Okay, cool. I always, I always like to, to ask. <laughs> yeah, Very if you cool. need anything from me, like in terms of videos or photos or whatever, just let me know. We have tons. Okay, that sounds really cool. Um, so here's another question that I have for you. So you obviously, as I go through your website, you know, I'm on your team page right now. So I'm kind of learning a little bit about yourself from your bio. You've gotten some great press. So you're actually an adjunct professor of digital analytics at UCLA. So I'd love to speak to that just for a moment here. But I guess my question is, what was it like for you to become a face of a company? A lot of people suffer from that. A lot of people like to be behind the scenes. They like to hire a spokesperson or they like to keep their business somewhat anonymous. When someone goes to the site, there's stock videos, stock photography, and you don't really know who's on the sort of back end of that company. So what was that process like for you? Was that instant? Did you sort of start this business and say, hey, listen, this is, I want to just put myself out there. Or did that take some time for you to feel comfortable? You know, that's a really good question. I've never been asked that question before. And there is a story in that because my background is digital analytics. So I was always in the background and I was always the person who has the data, but never the one talking, never the one communicating. And what it is, is a couple of things happened. One was we were trying to pitch a lot of these magazines to just talk about hip shake fitness. And we were just like online dance workout, blah, blah. And it wasn't getting any traction. And so that was one part. And so I was talking to a friend of mine who was doing PR and she was like, well, what's the story? What's your story? Like, why is this important to you? And so that's when I started talking about, well, you know, 
I got diagnosed, you know, told her about my story, my PCOS, my fertility issues. And she's like, well, sheesh, you should talk about that. I'm like, really? I'm like, okay, well, okay, why don't we just try it, right? Because I'm always like, okay, well, I'll try it. And so we tried that, and that's actually when our big, our first big press got caught. That was the Pop Sugar article. And the other thing is in my emails, originally our emails were very generic. It was like, you know, here's the workout of the day. Here's blah, blah. Here's a new workout. And what I saw was that I, you know, started talking about the Pop Sugar article. So I started kind of incorporating that in the email and my open rates went up a lot. And so to me, it's like, wow, I'm shocked that people really want to hear my story. And I think my learning there is people, they don't want to be told what to do. They'd rather hear your story and what it means to you and then make their own decisions on what they're going to do with their own lives. And that's actually how my story resonated with a lot of women because they're like, oh yeah, I totally experienced that. And because of you, I actually started eating better and stuff like that. And it's always about telling my story, not telling you what to do. At least that's my, that's what worked for me. Well, I mean, I think really resonates with me about that is we were, I mean, I talk about this constantly. Um, I'm actually in the process of writing a book right now on video marketing. It's called Click Record and I'm really excited about it. And, you know, maybe I'll include uh, your story in it. But what I think is, is interesting is that, you know, what is really resonating with people is when people have the ability to be super honest about their struggle and the things that they're going through and then their hero story or how they're overcoming that struggle, that's compelling. You know, that really sort of connects with people and it breaks down a lot of barriers and it allows us to your point, it allows us to be inspired by that person and to be like, this is a person that's going through X, Y, and Z and they're in the process of working it out. They're trying to overcome that. And if they can do it, then so can I. And I think through empathy and through compassion and through, you know, storytelling and resources like your business, it's amazing what can happen through that loop, through that connection. So, I mean, I applaud you for taking that chance, you know, and really making yourself vulnerable to put your story out there because it's a personal one. Anything health related is always personal, but you sort of made a choice to just make it part of your story. And now... I look at you and I say, wow, this is a person that's overcoming a health issue, just like the vast majority of people on this planet. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And also to add to that, I think now where I'm at is about telling other people's story, which I'm so lucky to be in a position where I can tell people's stories of people who were in the studio and then was overcoming health issues and lost a certain number of pounds because of what they did. I just gave them the tools, but telling their story is also compelling, I think. Right. Yeah. I mean, in that case, you function as really an enabler and a coach or a guide and really helping others to achieve their goals as you do the same for yourself. So I think it's definitely mutually beneficial. Do you sort of give updates on your status and kind of where you are health wise and you know your sort of personal growth and your personal process? Or is that part of your story? Is that part of the blog or your social channels? Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually pregnant right now. <laughs> oh, so. Yeah, I'm currently 32 weeks pregnant, so I'm about to give birth. <laughs> um, oh, so cool. that's kind of been the it went full circle because now, you know, I started because we had fertility issues. Then I actually got pregnant and then now it's like working through my pregnancy and still staying healthy. 
Oh, okay. So you got a little, you got a little baby bump. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Nicely framed. That is a great reveal that you're pregnant and that's amazing. And you know, that's one of the things that's been so tremendous for me about doing this type of podcast is that I really can connect with people on a very personal level. It's very different from a, a business call, a conference call, a webinar. I can really connect on a personal basis and then also really help for people to share their stories. Your story inspires me, very motivational, you know, the path of someone that was a behind the scenes person, a data geek, if you will, that had some great experience, you know, working as an adjunct professor, you know, working on the data council at IAB, you know, having your own digital marketing business and then transcending into something that you're really passionate about that helped you personally for your own health issues, and then ultimately to help other people through your background, through your passion for dance, through your passion for fitness. This is a compelling story. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And, you know, I know a lot of people have good stories and I'm just grateful to be where I am. Amazing. Any ideas, any suggestions, any ways that I can make Dub better with the Dub team? Any sort of feature requests or anything that you've been looking for? Any feedback? I was curious if you guys are looking into some sort of live, like some sort of live streaming. I'm curious if something that is in the past. Well, that's a great question. But my question for you is, what is it that we could do that YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram can't do? <laughs> that's true. That's a valid point. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, one idea that we have been exploring is this idea of, you know, a one-to-one -one sort of the reinvention of the chat room, you know, Live is, we still haven't cracked live. I still don't fully understand, you know, where live is going. I think it's going in a lot of different directions. On each platform, live comes off very differently, you know? And my concern with live is always the quality, you know? Is the quality of someone just clicking a record wherever they are, is that sustainable to become evergreen content? Or should that be just something that lives within the feed and then it moves on? So obviously your success with video is within produced videos. You guys have yes. a studio and it's a set and there's lighting and professionals. What would that look like if it were live? Maybe not as good. Maybe it could be good though. It's hard to say. I do think though that, you know, from a conversational one-to-one -one basis, I think there is some opportunity. So I think we'll explore that. Yeah, I think that's probably what I would kind of think of using it for is more of really talking to my users and like maybe scheduling something live and then maybe recording it in that sense. Um, that's probably what I would use it for. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, you know, as mentioned, I'm inspired by your story. And, you know, I think that your business has a, a tremendous benefit for people. I think that there's so much that people could can get out of your subscription service. So just a quick URL on where people can find you. Absolutely. So you can find us at hipshakefitness.com, like shake your hips, like the Rolling Stones song. And we're also on Instagram, hipshakefitness, YouTube, and Facebook. Cool. And is there any kind of special little promo or any deal that folks should know about? Yeah, I'm going to put down a special promo for anyone listening to your podcast. If you just use the code DUB60, they'll get a 60-day free trial of our dance studio. That sounds awesome. That sounds really good. So DUB60 is a good promo code that folks can use. It's going to give them a 60-day trial. Amazing. And uh, I'm going to check out some of these videos myself because I have to work on my twerking skills. <laughs> you sure do. I want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That might be on the next DUB video. <laughs> yeah. And a side note, I noticed that there was a conga player in one of the videos. I actually, I'm actually a conga player and I'm just going to play a little, little something for you. Um, you are? 
Yeah, and wow. we're gonna we're just gonna just gonna <laughs> this this was not planned, um, <laughs> but I'm gonna give you a little conga. That's conga amazing. Beat. Yeah, let's see if I can frame this drum a little bit here. Okay, so we got a conga drum here. Yes. And I'll I'll give you a little something. I actually play the drums myself. Um, really? Yeah, and if we need a conga player, I might hit you up. <laughs> hit, hit me up because I'm just I'm just up to, up to four or five. <laughs> um, there's something I noticed in your backdrop, which was a ukulele. Is that is that what I saw? That's right. That's right. It's right there. <laughs> so do you play the ukulele? I or do. Is that just a, I do. Really? I do. I do. So play. I'm really a drummer. A drummer. I'm a drummer. <laughs> yes, I'm really a drummer, but it's really hard to have drums in Manhattan Beach, <laughs> and, and yeah. I had to sell my drum set because I'm having a kid. So now I'm, I play the uke more. <laughs> oh, that's that's this is so easier. Cool. Well, my life hack on my uke is that I actually, and I know this is blasphemous and terrible, but I tuned it like a guitar because I'm a guitarist. Oh, so, wow. <laughs> that's crazy so it's just this is eadg so it's just tuned like a guitar that way i didn't have to learn which i know is really lazy and really bad and i apologize <laughs> to the to the you you know purists out there but it was just an easy way for me to get a sweet beautiful little small stringed instrument that i can play in the office without having to learn a completely new instrument so life hack <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Good for so. you. I love that you're working on Dub and working on your business, but at the same time, still getting your creative side going. Well, that was definitely a process for me. You know, speaking of being a data geek behind the scenes, you know, I share that story with you because that reminds me of me. Data geek behind the scenes, you know, demand generation, lead generation, marketing automation, you know, kind of marketing tech, generally speaking. And really enabling other people to go and put stories out there, create videos that, you know, that was me one or two years ago. And then I sort of realized that this is my chance. If I don't take this opportunity and seize it and put whatever knowledge I have and sort of put this passion, put this energy into creating something that can help people and then really be the face and be a spokesperson to guide them, to provide coaching, some inspiration, some motivation, some entertainment sometimes, you know, if I did not pursue that, then I was kind of missing out. So, you know, I think you and I definitely share that story. And we've been kind of drumming our way to <laughs> slow and steady success, if you will. I really love that. I think the best data geeks are the ones that are able to access their creativity. Because at the end of the day, data is only good if there's a story to tell. And if it's used to tell that story. So I, I really love that. I'm really yeah, grateful for Dub. Yeah, well, well, thank you so much for saying that. Yeah, I think that I love what you just said about tapping into creativity. And we talk about this a lot. I was actually in Las Vegas and I was doing a, sort of a recording on this on how creativity is the most important thing. It's the X factor. It's what punches through. It's what makes us, you know, beat competitors 100 times our size. It's that creativity. It's the idea to think outside the box, to think differently, to come up with campaigns to put stuff out there fast, you know, get data back, engage with people, make mistakes, be authentic, show people that process and to overall live the brand. You know, the thing about corporate America, large companies, traditional companies is that they move very slowly and it's very difficult for quote unquote creative campaigns, different types of unique campaigns to get approved. 
there's a whole process. And, you know, I think from an employee standpoint, a lot of people are not fostered. They're not rewarded for taking those risks because, you know, when we are creative, we have to fail a little bit. We have to make mistakes. You mentioned that earlier that you're making mistakes. We're doing the same thing, but we're learning in the process and we're just really trying to be unique, different. We like to compare ourselves to any other player out there in the video kind of streaming, hosting, creation space at all. We're dub, we're unique, you know, we're content, we're technology, we're software, we're lifestyle, we're for revenue, but we're also for communication. So I applaud you on that. I definitely connect you on that level. Yeah, no, I'm happy to connect with you and happy to connect with a fellow founder in similar area and also fellow drummer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, we'll get a drum circle going either in Venice or we have a little studio in Santa Monica that we sometimes play at. So we might have to have you come out with your with your husband and kind of join us for a little hang. <laughs> Sounds good. I'm down. Cool. Well, thank you so much for your time. Um, HipShakeFitness.com is your brand. Um, super cool. Tons of YouTube videos. Check it out. Love it. I'm a fan. And once again, I really appreciate your team, Charlene. Thank you. Thank you, Ruben. And I'm so grateful to be here. And I hope you have a great week. Thanks so much.